are listening to The Sun on the Strip. I'm Brock Radke, entertainment writer for the Las Vegas Sun. And every Wednesday, I'll have an exclusive conversation with someone who's being fabulous on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as an update on what's going on in the world of entertainment here in Vegas. Thanks for listening. Huge entertainment announcements for the southern stretch of the Strip this week. If you've been reading my stuff at LasVegasSun.com, you already know about what's going on at the Excalibur. Not only is the long-running, one-of-a-kind production show Tournament of Kings returning to the castle on July 14th, but the Mac King Comedy Show, which has been a 20-year resident of Harris Las Vegas, is moving over to Excalibur and opening this month on June 22nd at the Thunderland Showroom. Next door at Luxor, the big theater that used to be the home of Chris Angel's show and then Cirque du Soleil's short-lived run, Action Spectacular. Now it has a permanent resident show, and it's something very familiar. America's Got Talent Live will open at the Luxor Theater on November 4th with a schedule of 10 shows a week. It will be a 75-minute variety show featuring many of the most popular acts from the NBC TV hit competition show. This one was kind of the worst-kept secret on the Strip. Everybody knew AGT wanted to launch a live show in Vegas, and the Luxor Room was the obvious choice, so it seems like a natural, and I bet it'll do very well there. And the Luxor Theater is still currently hosting the Comedy of Carrot Top and the Female Review Fantasy, although both of those shows look like they'll be returning to their original atrium showroom upstairs at Luxor right around or after 4th of July weekend, so keep an eye on that. Big stuff at Excalibur, big stuff at Luxor, but even bigger stuff just across the freeway. I'm talking about two huge events announced this week for Allegiant Stadium. Guns N' Roses will be the first rock concert at the stadium on August 27th. And one week earlier, WWE SummerSlam Pro Wrestling event will be at Allegiant. That's on August 21st. The Death Star, as some locals like to call it, it's filling up. The Raiders and the Seahawks are going to play a preseason NFL game on August 14th. Of course, Garth Brooks performs there on July 10th. And it all starts with a dance music concert by Elenium on July 3rd. Speaking of that hot holiday weekend, it was also announced this week that the Strip will host a 4th of July fireworks spectacular. Really a big signal that Vegas is back. It starts at 11 p.m. on the 4th, and the launch sites will be at Aria, Caesars Palace, Planet Hollywood, Resorts World, The Strat, Treasure Island, and The Venetian. There are going to be so many big events that weekend, like the recently announced Miley Cyrus show at Resorts World, Dave Chappelle is at MGM Grant, Bruno Mars is at Park Theater. It's going to be just like the old days, maybe even bigger. If you want to stay on top of all the latest show announcements, including super new stuff like Brian Adams at Wynn and Dane Cook at the Cosmopolitan, be sure to read my Thursday column, Curtain Up, at LasVegasSun.com. There's just too much happening for me to talk about it on this short podcast show. So please follow along online. My conversation this week is with an entertainer who has really become a strip staple after about six years headlining at the link. And he's one of the performers who landed in Las Vegas after winning it all on the aforementioned America's Got Talent. Matt Franco had just completed five years of shows at the link and signed on for five more when the coronavirus paused entertainment and shows. I actually spoke with Matt way back in April 2020 when this pandemic thing was fresh and we didn't know how long it was going to last. 
and he was working on some different things from home at that time. You can actually go back and listen to that conversation, but it wasn't as exciting as this one. Matt reopened his show, Magic Reinvented Nightly, at the link at the end of April, and he was super excited this past week to be able to move to full capacity for performances in the Matt Franco Theater. He's made quite a few changes to the show, and he's overjoyed to talk about that and share his new material with you on stage. Here's my chat with Matt Franco. The show reopened on April 29th, I believe. Uh, How did it feel to get back on stage again at the link? What was it like that first night back? The first night back was surreal. I know I had to hold back tears before entering the stage. I know some of our crew members did as well. The audiences are, I think, very appreciative to be seeing a show for for many of them for their first time. So uh, really surreal is the best word I can use to describe it. After 411 days of not doing what I probably need to be doing. <laughs> I remember we, we talked uh, very early in the, in the shutdown and talked a little bit about, you know, what we expected things might be like when shows were back again, but obviously a lot happened since then. Uh, and, and you couldn't really plan changes to the show or what you were going to do until more recently, right? Since things kept changing. Right. Yeah. It was kind of a a moving goalpost throughout the pandemic to see what we were going to be able to do. Um, So I really just tried to focus on the things that I could control. I had new material I was working on that I was anxious to get into the show. Uh, I think, I don't know if it was just like a, an accident or if it was almost in the back of my mind happening intentionally that I was sort of working on material that was a little bit more hands-off and socially distant. Um, Maybe that was sort of subconsciously uh, a restriction I was putting on myself without realizing it because some of that has certainly found its way into the show. Yeah. There's definitely a difference between planning material and tricks and things that you want to do and, and, you know, knowing that you're always going to adjust and see what works and what doesn't work. And you're, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, improvisation in your, in what you do anyways, just inherently, but that's not the same thing as I would like to do this, this, and this. And then I find out next week, I can't do any of those things. So this is like a whole new world of challenges. Yeah, absolutely. But I think entertainers across all of, all of Vegas and probably beyond have been pretty resilient in finding ways to pivot. Yeah. When you got to the point where you're like, okay, I know when we're opening, I got all this stuff to choose from and and curate and sort through. What was your approach in making those decisions and really changes to the show and getting back? Because it seems like you you have gone above and beyond uh, what was required when you first opened. Yeah, it was just a process of really kind of getting official information as as from local officials, from our partners at Caesars Entertainment as to uh, get as much clarity as possible of what we, we could and couldn't do. And just working within those constraints, using those constraints as a creative challenge to say, okay, how can we make this work? And just finding creative solutions to everything, just, just like anything else. Um, in terms of revamping the show, I mean, that was something I was anxious about doing, uh, regardless of the pandemic, because, um, we've enjoyed five amazing years at the link. And having signed on for five more, it seemed like the perfect time to to refresh things. So not just magically, but also aesthetically. Not many magic-based shows in Las Vegas were able to 
opened back up again until recently. Uh, and now we're seeing more coming back uh, since it's such a strong genre of entertainment on the strip. I think we really need these shows back to make it feel like Vegas is, is all the way back. And also I think audiences might be more engaged with magic now than uh, now that they haven't had the option uh, for so long. You mentioned that audiences are appreciative so far. Are you getting the, are you getting the feeling from them that like some of the things that you're doing and just your style of performance is maybe resonating in a different way? I certainly hope so. One of my goals in, in, in the revamp of the show was to bring more color and even more positivity than was there already uh, to the show. I think we're just, everyone's talking about light at the end of the tunnel. I think we're seeing some of that now. I wanted to be part of that. So yeah, I was hoping that not just the magic, but just the overall sort of energy vibe and positivity uh, would bleed through and, and not just the magic, but also how the show looks and feels. And I was careful with music choices, everything to sort of uh, hopefully make the show even more uplifting, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, I feel like your show was already pretty celebratory, but that seems like the right direction to go in right now. That's how everybody feels. I think, did you have to make any, uh, make any changes to the theater to, to do this? Um, I didn't, I, I didn't have to, I, I chose to, uh, we made some, some really awesome theater upgrades. Uh, we extended the edge of the stage and flattened it. So it's more modern and slick and added, uh, led lights along the edge of it and along the proscenium and on the sides. And we now have projections on the wall. So we really, uh, beefed up the, uh, production value of the show and changed some scenic elements, but those were all things just, you know, some of those things were based on, um, ideas that I had and other things. Some of it was based on the idea of an audience needing to be 25 feet away. If you remember, that was sort of the original rule. There being a moat between the performers and the audience. So part of those aesthetic changes were, okay, let's build something that's going to look good. Uh, when we're at a hundred percent occupancy, but also let's have something visually appealing when people need to be 25 feet from this living, breathing performance. So it's a, it's a mix of both really. It's again, it's creative solutions based on, uh, the situation. Great advantage for you opening when you did to be able to kind of plan, plan for the now uh, at the end of April and plan for what we're heading into now, which is, uh, you know, full capacities again, and, and hopefully not as much mask wearing and, and all that kind of regular stuff. Right. Is there a particular uh, part of the act that you that is new that you kind of worked on over the last year that has really been working out well and is kind of a victory for you in terms of getting back and trying something new and just loving the way the audience responds? A absolutely. Um, and it's the one I had probably because there are a few new segments in the show. Uh, <laughs> and the one that I might've had the least faith in is the one that audiences are responding to the most right off the bat. It's like required the least amount of refinement so far as we've, uh, been performing it. And it's been the most fun to perform. Uh, it involves, uh, balloons and it's a really quirky, subtle idea, uh, involving helium in a balloon and then blowing up another balloon manually. Um, and it's a really odd effect. I mean, it's not something you'd ever think of. What do you think of magic? People think magic. They think, uh, you know, something visually appearing or disappearing or changing places, which this isn't just the stereotypical uh, version of that. It's much more subtle. And um, yeah, it's been so much fun to perform. And I, 
like I said, it was kind of the one that the day before was like, is this going to work? I, I've since the summertime worked on several different methods, trying to get this thing to happen. And then finally it all just clicked at some point in that last week, uh, right before opening. And like I said, right up until the day before, still not really being sure. And then once it finally did work, not knowing our audience is going to get this and, uh, so far so good. So yeah, that's been, that's been uh, really enjoyable to do. And then there's another segment in the show um, where I stand behind a, a casino table and have them time to sort of improvise uh, the material within that segment. Um, and that's been interesting too, because I've been able to adjust that and, and tweak it based on um, what's happening in any given situation and what happened the night before and what I've learned. So I, I can kind of tweak it in real time, which is fun too. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'm having fun with honestly, all of the, all of the new segments, but the balloon was the most surprising. It's gotta be a, a whole new sense of relief to be able to actually get this stuff on stage again after all this time away. For sure. And it's a departure from everything else in the show as well. The balloon thing, because it's, it's, not completely silent, um, but there's sort of whimsical music and limited talking. And anytime you, I think you said it feels good. Anytime I can do something in the show where there's less of me talking, which I, I tend to do a lot of, um, in the show. So anytime I stumble across, um, you know, and anytime I create a piece of work where there's less of that, it feels good to me. Mm -hmm. Gives my voice a break, you know, for sure. You've been, you've been, uh, doing, many shows a week for, like you said, five years now, longer than that even. And then you throw touring in the mix too. You don't ever get a, a big chunk of time off now that you did get that, even though you didn't ask for it. Uh, did that change your, I guess, creative process going forward when you really did have time to try new things and, and experiment a little bit more in depth? Do you think that has altered what you're going to do going forward in terms of creating new material and refining your performance overall? I think indirectly, I think it was life changing overall having that much time. I think probably for all of us, I think we all value time and look at life maybe a little bit differently than before. At least I certainly do. Um, I've meditated every day since April 14th. It's sort of a, a new practice of mine. I found myself, practicing magic during the pandemic more as a hobbyist as opposed to a professional. Um, I was really doing it because I enjoy it and, I, and I'd work on things, not knowing if they had a particular platform for me to actually use them or not. And that's cool. I, I was really just focusing on whatever creatively excited me in the moment and uh, whether or not I'd be able to, um, use it professionally, which I think was actually pretty cool because I, like I said, I said like a hobbyist, but really that's just a, another way of saying like a kid again. Right. Cause that's how I used to practice magic as a, as a child, as a teenager was just whatever creatively excited me was what I worked on. Um, whereas before when I was really grinding out lots and lots of shows, which of course I am again. Um, but before I really would only focus on uh, prioritize and focus on the things that I thought had, a platform. Okay. Oh, this would be good for television. Oh, this would be good for the internet. And this would be good for live shows. Whereas now I think I, it's a little bit less of that and even more towards what, what creatively excites me. 
Do you have any, uh, any plans right now? Are you looking at when you might get on the road and tour again, or is that something that's way on down the road? Hasn't even crossed my mind. Uh, just thrilled to have been in Vegas, uh, be able to reopen at the link for these past three weeks. Uh, it feels so good. Oh my God. It really does. It's just like to be back doing this again and seeing audiences and sharing this stuff with them. I'm happy to do it anywhere, man. I would do it like, (laughs) uh, I'll show magic to someone walking down the street. If I could, at this point, I'm just so thankful to be able to do magic anywhere. So, um, as things open up, uh, you know, I've been sort of sheltered in a, a, a bubble these past few weeks, really getting this, magic reinvented off the ground. So, you know, I'm not exactly clear on what's going on in different States, different countries at all times right now. I don't necessarily have my finger on that pulse, but as things continue to get better on an international level, I I look forward to traveling just because I enjoy travel. I think the thing that I like best about your show and your performance in general is that it's clearly all about making that connection with the people in the audience And I suppose you could say that about most Vegas shows, but not all of them. Some, some are not necessarily built that way. And obviously that connection was the thing that was so hard to create or recreate over the last year. You may have kind of already answered this already, but did all this time away change the way you think about connecting with your audience? It did. And more specifically for me, it's really become clear to me now that I'm servicing the audience. Uh, I'm providing something for them. And it's not, I don't want the show to be about me. I want the show to be about them. I want to, I want to give them a piece of me. Um, but I want the show to really be for them. And I, I enjoy experiencing performers that, um, when I sit in a theater and experience, watch a show from the audience perspective, I always enjoy the, the performances that are, not so much ego driven, but really driven towards that, that connection that you speak of. So I try to live up to that every night. Okay. That's going to do it for this week's son on the strip. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Matt Franco for joining me. Go see magic reinvented nightly at the link. It's every night except Tuesday and Wednesday, a very fun show. You can find past episodes of this show at lasvegasun.com slash podcast or on Apple Podcasts. You can find future episodes right here every Wednesday. Take care.